Hello, hello, lovely people. I was just sharing with my dear friend, Melanie, um, that timing is a beautiful thing because you may have noticed we've rebranded the podcast with the feminist angle, fully owning it. And here I am joined by a rock star feminist business coach. I just feel like it's all meant to be. Um, because this podcast was originally going to be recorded last week and the rebrand wouldn't have been done. How fun is that? Perfect timing. I love Perfect it. Perfect timing. Um, so the idea of today is just, um, I'll explain for my listeners and you can explain for yours. Um, it's going to be available on both podcasts, which is super fun. And I'm going to be interviewing Melanie a little bit and she's going to be interviewing me. And we're going to cover all the things around time and how we work and why 15 hours. And Melanie was a pioneer a pioneer of pioneers in the very first <laughs> class of the 15-hour workweek mastermind. So she is going to share some of her experience on that with you and why she wanted to do it and what it's meant for her since. But I think it's just going to be really interesting to get um, her brilliant questions picking my brain and my questions picking her brain. And we're just going to see what happens. Yeah, 100%. I love that we are having this conversation. I feel like it's so timely <laughs> and so perfect uh for for both of our audiences so yeah yeah y'all are yeah. y'all are in luck today it's gonna be a juicy conversation yeah and it's so funny is it perfect timing or do we just know how to create anything being perfect timing that's what's going through my head I think that's actually perfect yes yeah. it's like I I almost rescheduled because I was like, I was so not feeling good this morning. I was like, maybe I should give myself some rest. Maybe I should mm-hmm. reschedule. And then I was like, you know what? Let me let me just go for a walk and take a shower and see how I feel. And then I was like, oh no, my I was just being cranky in the morning. <laughs> yes. Also, we also I feel like maybe this is true for people listening, but you can have something scheduled with someone, get on the call. In fact, I have a very specific memory of the first time you coached me, which is you requested me to coach you. Uh-huh. And then we got on the call and you were like, I don't remember what I need coaching on. Can I help you with anything? And I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, maybe you're just meant to meet at those times and see from there. And I think if we take away yeah. the pressure of like, we must do what we said we were going to do in this allocated time, it just creates so much safety to just show up and connect with that person and see what happens. Yeah. And be a real human, which I think is why we really wanted to have this conversation together because to me, part of a big part of being feminist is being like humanist like let's honor your identity let's honor what's happening for you in the moment let's honor Mm -hmm. your body and what you need and yes sometimes you need rest and sometimes you're in just the right place that you need some support and the other person doesn't and sometimes it's a collaborative you know Mm -hmm you know, a complaint fest, like that's all okay. <laughs> we're being human. Right? Yes. Anything goes. I love it. So do you want to start with something or you want me to kick off? Yeah, let you go ahead. Okay. So I just think it's fun um, for people to know a little bit about, so what led you, what drew you in to even the idea of creating a 15 hour work week? joining the mastermind oh my gosh so many things Mm -hmm. um one like to me one of the things that I struggled with before um rethinking time and rethinking my energy and rethinking the way that I work was over 
overworking for sure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just mean like working, I would say I'm working 40 hours, but it really, it was like 50 or 60 because I'm on my phone in front of the TV at night Mm -hmm. and responding to things and replying to, you know, client texts and boxers and emails and thinking about something and messaging it to my, you know, VA or whatever. And I was like, I really want to like, the reason that I created a business was so that I could do something that I love and have more free time, not have to be, feel like I'm shackled to a desk from nine to five or whatever. And so I was like, why am I recreating that plus more in my business? This is not the way I want to run my business. And this is not the way that I want to model running a business because I'm very much of the opinion that the way that a nine to five and the way that work culture as it is now is, was not created for women. It was not created Mm -hmm. for people who are not, Mm -hmm. you know, a worker bee in a factory. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be recreating that in my business or my VA's business or anybody who works for me. And I Mm -hmm. certainly don't want to be recreating that out in the world with the clients that I work with. So I want to be a better model and of using your time wisely and of having the kind of business that you want, that's not going to wear you out. Mm. And, and like, I had to do that work for myself first. Yeah. Because that to me is so important because the narrative that we have out in the world, the, the patriarchal dude, bro, entrepreneur narrative for, for entrepreneurs is you get in before everybody else, you leave to the last one to leave at night and you work your ass off and you hustle and grind until you make it. And that's not, that thought, that narrative, that like construct made me not want to have a business at all. Like I was very scared. I was like, I don't want to do that to myself. I don't yeah. want, I don't want that life. Yes. And so coming back to like the, the feminist lens on this is like, what kind of life do you want? Mm-hmm. You're worthy of having it. How do you want to create it? No matter what the cultural narrative says. Yes. And managing your, your mind around your time is a key ingredient to that. Yes. I mean, I'm just like nodding very excitedly or not excitedly, but in total agreement as you're speaking. And the one thing that you said that I just want to reflect back to everyone. It's like, um, we don't want to be shackled to our desk. And now, we don't have to be shackled to a desk to be hustling and overworking. We can just do it on a beach, on our phone, watching TV. I'm just going to dip into my inbox. I'm just going to check my social media. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to. And it's like, we're accidentally, like it was never about the desk, right? Yeah. The desk yeah. wasn't we're, the problem. Yeah. We're taking it to the couch too. <laughs> yes, we're taking it to the couch. And um I mean, I'm totally with you. I don't know if you know this about me, but I did used to have a business before coaching where I was working 80-hour weeks, if not more. Um, And I was in the startup culture and, you know, it was very celebrated and, like, high five and, like, yeah, you in the office this weekend. Like, really. And I thought that's what it took to succeed. And obviously, the reality was it almost broke me. Um, Mm -hmm. And we ended up closing that business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't start a business like that, but I went and worked for a startup that was like first to like five employees mm-hmm. and like, yeah, they were like, are you working on Saturday? And I'm like, no, why? 
what, why is something wrong? Is something broken? No, we have a project due. And I'm like, yeah, and it's not today though. I'm not working on Saturday. No, but that was like the expectation. Yeah. And I, I quit right before they fired me because it was just such a, mit- a mismatch because it was yes. so toxic for me yes. that I was just like, I'm not like I'm devoted and I want us to win and I'm absolutely going to do the work, but I'm probably not going to do it in when you expect me to do it. And yes. no, no, shit gets yeah. done on, on the timeline. I don't have to be, you know, my, the green light on my chat up for you to know that I'm doing work. Yes. So good. And when you first heard about 15 hours, what did you think? I thought that that was ridiculous. (laughs) Honestly, unfiltered here. I don't don't do filters or bullshit. Um, Yeah, I was like, I love Vicky so much and she's crazy. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I had, I've been, you know, we've been friends for a while and I've been following all the things that you say for a while. And I think the thing that you said about what if it doesn't take time, what if it takes focus really opened my eyes in a way to something that I hadn't seen before was that I'm giving myself two hours to write one email, which now takes me 10 to 20 minutes tops. Thank you very much. Um, but I would, I would like book time on my calendar to take two, two hours to write an email, but the first hour and a half, I'm just freaking out and anxious and trying to figure out what am I going to talk about? What am I going to say? No, that doesn't sound right. Let me, let me edit. Let me perfect. Ah, fuck. I don't know what I'm doing. Let me go shop instead. And the last 30 minutes is like, can you just please get this done? I have something else coming up. And so I would just, I would have, I didn't have any choice, but to focus, but it didn't feel good to be operating. Like I felt like I was constantly like, Oh my God, (laughs) like stressed out and anxious and running all the time. And I was like, there has to be a better way. And I can see so many places where I think I'm doing something, but I'm actually just like nervous energy freaking out over here. Mm -hmm. So much of the time it was like, Mm -hmm. what if we could just collapse that and like breathe and get grounded and figure out how do I want to respond when this is what I'm doing and how do I want to like gather up my focus and are there just better ways mm-hmm. for me to chunk out tasks mm-hmm. so that it doesn't feel like this big, hard, pressury, awful thing that has, that has to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm, I'm the meanest to me, like when there's a deadline and you oh, help me like un- unfuck a lot of that was like. When there's a deadline, it's like, get to it. It would be so, so mean and like pushy and forceful. And like, I'm a rebel, y'all. I will bounce off of that so hard. And so I'm rebelling against my own timelines and my own calendar. And it was just like, it just felt like a mess. And I was like, how, how, I don't know if 15 hours is possible for me, but I'm willing to at least like get down to like actual 40, actual 30. And maybe then I can start edging into 15. And I think I am a heck of a lot closer to 15 than I was before. Which yeah. is so much less stress. Yes. And those 15 hours are really productive, really useful hours. Yeah. Like brilliance is coming from my brain now. So yes. in the next few months, I'm starting a DIY program that I'm 
pulling information out of my brain. So I'm creating that and I'm writing a book next year. And so I'm like, okay, I hear, I hear the wheels turn again. Okay. You're going to need a lot of time. And I'm like, no, wait, I don't need time. I need focus. Yes. What container do I have to set up to focus? Right. Yeah. And that's what I loved. Actually, I, and I didn't even know it till I had you guys on as the expert panel when I did the pop-up and like half of you are creating completely new things. And I think when people think, oh, I'm going to reduce the hours I work, they think I'm going to just eliminate and chop things. And they're not seeing that what you are actually going to do is create what you really want. And so often in our mm. businesses, I bet you see this with your clients, mm-hmm. we are just doing what we've done because we've done it, because our first mentor told us to do it that way, because it's worked for us, because we've just not thought to question it. And I would say one of the things that I saw um, everyone go through, and even myself go through, it was this like, oh, if I'm not following the time rule, then I'm actually being exposed to all these other rules that I'm accidentally following so you have the surge in creativity that comes from creating actual space and then the complete detachment from how you should do things. Your only choice is to trust yourself. Your only choice is to like find answers within yourself when you stop following someone else's like blueprint to a successful business. Yeah. Well, and that's showing up for me too with things like, and I, I know this shows up for, for my clients too. It's like the, I'm in a, in a launch right now. Yes. For the mastermind that I run and yes. the bad bitch mastermind, if you've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I used to work with a mentor who like just the way that, that the, the guide to running a launch was set up felt so strict and pressury to me that I was like, I resisted and would bounce off of it and rebel against it. And just had so much anxiety and stress about it. And now the way that I launch is like the rest of the world would probably call it lazy. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Call it lazy. Let's, Hey, let's take that. It is a lazy launch. It's awesome. Um, But there's so much less pressure around the timeframe and the deadline and doing it right and making it work and what it means about me or anybody else. If it worked in the timeline or not, it's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to try this thing for a week. If that goes great. Great. If it doesn't go great. Okay. I'm going to spend some time resting and the holidays off and look at what did I miss? What needs to be tweaked? And I'm going to do it again. It's no yeah. big deal. Yeah. But like being so attached to it has, I have to sign all of these people in X amount of time Yeah. was so just incredibly almost like soul crushing for me personally. Like my, my brain and my body just do not work that way. I was like, that's wonderful. If it works for somebody else, that's great. Go do it. I need a little bit of fluidity. I have ADHD, you know, I like, I need things to, to flow. And, you know, I have, I have, for me, I have to have the time and the space to not be in a, what felt like a pressure cooker. I was like, so let me just not create the pressure cooker in my business. Right. Like I don't, the pressure cooker isn't what creates the dish. Let's say there's right. lots of different ways to cook a chicken, I don't know. And it's like, it doesn't have to be in the pressure cooker. So I think that's totally true. Perfect and way I, to put it. <laughs> and, um, and I think that you're right. I think one of the things that we think about is like, 
how one of the first questions that I get is like how will I use the 15 hours what will I do in the 15 hours Mm -hmm. as though I always say it's like asking a question with what we call in the mastermind the 40-hour mindset of like wanting to know the plan wanting to know how it will all work out wanting to time block wanting to color code wanting to understand what we're going to drop and what we're not instead of what, what I think is at the core of working significantly less which is who you are being and really that's why I call it about being a pioneer like being willing to be uncomfortable in terms of you're not relying on anyone else's plan or way or structure or routine and so you can't blame them if it doesn't work out you're taking (laughs) right which is scary taking on that radical responsibility but then on the flip side it's like you are building trust with yourself in the present moment you're not answering to Melanie of a week ago that wrote a plan you're not answering to Melanie of three months ago that said this is how we'll always launch and this is how it's got to be it's like really allowing yourself in the moment to be like what do I want to give to my launch today and give something and like you said it will work or you will learn yes exactly well I think that is what sort of surprised me the most about being in the 15 hour work week mastermind was that it was probably like two months in and I kept waiting. I would come to the call and be like, okay, this week, Vicky's going to tell me exactly how to plan my plan. <laughs> and that never happened. And I was like, <laughs> okay. At first I got kind of mad. I was like, okay, what the fuck? I need to know what are the most important tasks? What, what do I do? How do I do this? And I was like, wait a minute, there's probably a gift here in that I'm supposed to pick those things and I'm supposed to decide those things and I was like oh yeah okay 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 I see I see it's like what you would prioritize wouldn't necessarily be what I would prioritize and so it's like oh whatever works for Vicky works just for her she's helping me learn what works for me and that is so valuable to me yes yes and it's figuring out my own schedule yeah Yeah, and it's a skill of identifying what's important because even for the same person, what's important, what's the best use of your time for one season is not fixed. So it's like learning to build that relationship with yourself of like, I trust that I'm going to um, figure this out and be able to take on different things and experiment and let go of things. And I'm not attached to being, even like for me with the podcast, as I said, I've gone through this podcast rebrand but also in the last year, really, my podcast went from weekly to maybe monthly to maybe every other week. To, like it's really um, not been consistent and not whatever it is. But I love my podcast and just allowing its importance in terms of my time to change and evolve. And I have to get rid of it completely because I'm not doing it perfectly all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I think that that's a a patriarchal paradigm too that's like perfect and consistent are like I know I bomb bomb a little bit in my mouth (laughs) saying it too (laughs) like it has to be it has to be good enough and it has to be valuable enough and it has to change somebody's life and and it has to be consistent like your audience has expectations and you have to meet them and it's like Oh, which how often are women hearing that anyway, right? Like I'm so Hello. over that. You must meet other people's expectations. Why? Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Why? 
why, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we let them do that to us? So yes. I think like part of our purpose here today is to like unfuck some of that because yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm over a predominantly white male culture telling me yes. how to use my body, how to use my time, yes, what belongs to me and what doesn't, what I should be, who I'm, who I'm supposed to make happy. It's like, wait a minute. What if we start with the reverse? What if we inverse that? It's like, what if we love ourselves first? What if we take care of ourselves first? What if we use our time and our attention and our resources with ourselves in mind first, and then we create from there if we want to. Right. Right. And as you were saying that it's also, we're told what's necessary to create success. and that's a lot of hours and that's struggle and difficulty and that's consistency and pushing through even when you feel ill and I was the poster queen that's the right saying for all of that and I wasn't successful so I know a lot of people listening are and I see this in my time hackers even all the time they're like you know no I must push through we've come to the end of the year and a few of them are like I must push through the last few weeks to hit my goals um and it's like why what if pushing through isn't going to be what actually helps you hit your goal (laughs) and like we see it time and time again that letting go getting out of the pressure cooker exactly as you said releases this like have to and need to and allows us to drop into want to and creating Mm. from there is a whole different ballgame yeah a hundred fucking percent and I love that you said that so much of the narrative is about about success is that it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of work. And I think that's what I thought I was doing. Mm -hmm. It was like me being really stressed out equals I'm very busy. Yeah. And so it's taking a lot of my time and a lot of my work and it's going to be hard. And the truth is y'all, it does not have to take a lot of time and it does not have to take a lot of work. And the work that you think it takes often is not the work that it actually takes. The work is actually a lot easier and a lot simpler than we make it. Like as I'm growing and building my business and learning, have been learning the craft of coaching over the last like eight years or so, it's, it's almost like the deeper I got into the coaching lingo and like rabbit hole of like knowing a craft really, really well, that's just like specializing. And that was really valuable for me, but it was like the more disconnected I got from how easy building a business is Mm. and how easy speaking to people is. And so I would get very like overwrought about quote unquote, creating content and overthink it and pressure and adding perfectionist shit, you know, just editing myself to death. And I was like, you know what, what if it's just really, really simple? And like, whatever's off the top of my head is what's valuable today. And so I think like, I'm right. I'm fucking like value does not equal time. Time does not equal value. Attention does not equal value. Wait, wait, wait. We have to like pause here. I just want it to be louder. And you, you, said you wanted to bring this point up before we recorded so I just really want it to be emphasized because I think a lot of people think if I care about my clients if I care about my business then I should give it more time because that's what creates more value and it's absolutely not true and I promise if the reason you are giving something more time 
is because you think time creates the value, you aren't going to be creating more value, right? Like time does not create the value. And exactly like what you said, we all have brains wired for survival and avoidance of failure and death. When you give your brain more time, it's going to fill that time with trying to stop you from failing and the best way it knows how to stop you from failing is to stop you from posting or stop you from sharing or to keep editing yourself girl 100 percent preaching <laughs> <laughs> like take us to church <laughs> yes. yeah and and what I found for myself is like just going within and trusting that what I, what I already know, and this is true for everybody listening, what you already know is valuable to your people who don't know shit. Yeah. They don't know what you know. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't. And so the simplest, easiest, most obvious things to you are going to be what's really life-changing and profound and valuable to them. It does not take more of your time or more of your thinking and overthinking and getting the message perfect to be valuable. And that's where I see so many of our colleagues, so many of our friends and clients get stuck in, like your brain's just trying to keep you from failing and keep you from looking dumb, whatever that means, <laughs> and, and keep you from experiencing what's going to come up if somebody doesn't like what you have to say, or if yes. they think it's, or if they think it's stupid, or if they you know, haters and trolls on Instagram and all of that. Yes. And it's so funny because there's nothing you can do to guarantee that they will like what you say. And there is nothing you can do to guarantee that there won't be haters on Instagram. So it's like giving all of your energy and your power to this thing and you literally cannot stop it and cannot control it. So there's no amount of editing (laughs) you can do to shut up strangers on the internet that want to have a go at you. And I I love that you said that because the word that came up to me was sanitize. It's like in our perfecting, we're trying to sanitize and Mm. make it palatable for everybody else. Mm. And one, that means it's actually bland Mm. and boring Mm. and people are going to keep scrolling. Mm. And again, there's nothing you can do about somebody who disagrees. Like Mm -hmm. there's still going to be humans with opinions out there in the world. Yes. And I love it. People call me lazy all the time on Instagram. Um, like literally I'm like, yeah, I'm lazy. Like, cool. Why not? What's so bad about it? Like, yeah. Why is that a problem? Yeah. Like I think 200 years ago, a few hundred years ago, it used to be that we desired to be lazy and to be restful and to be doing less and And that was a sign of success. And then hello, industrial revolution. And we're going to actually flip it around and say that success Mm -hmm. comes with working longer, harder. But I think harder really only ever means longer anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And working more hours. And it's just like, what we're just repeating what we've been fed. (laughs) We're just literally being guided into, the way I see it is, you know, large corporations and governments benefit from us being producers or consumers and nothing else. So if you are not producing or consuming, then we're going to shame you for it. And then you're going to feel bad 
And then you're going to either, exactly like you said, actually, Melanie, you're going to spend two hours. And in that two hours, you're going to start trying to produce. And then when you aren't producing, you're going to go online shopping and start consuming. And then we get a win-win. Yep. (laughs) You (laughs) get burnt out. (laughs) That's a great way to put that. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. Um, Well, I think, too, you know, something that has come up, I've I've read the books um, Do Nothing by Celeste Headley. And she mentions, which is something that I knew growing up, but hadn't really put together until I read her book. That was like, there's a moral tale here too, about the value of hard work and the connection of you are a good person if you work hard. And so we've just been fed this message for so long that now all of us, or many of us have this connection with your goodness and your enoughness and your worthiness is connected to how much you produce. Yes. And so much of that, I think, trips people up with like, I can't, I can't be making millions of dollars and having a highly profitable business. And if I'm not working really, really hard, mm-hmm. and if I'm not producing a whole lot and being really, really valuable to the world, that's selfish. And that's, I'm being lazy and I'm not being a good enough steward of money. And it's like, that's just ribbons and elements of the morality tale that we've been we've been told yes and actually it was one of the common things when I was speaking to people who wanted to join the mastermind they were like I'm embarrassed to make a lot of money working 15 hours a week like other people will have thoughts about that and judgments around that because it's not just we're not just contending with like us changing our thoughts and beliefs around time and value and worth and work but it's like and this is why I think you know you do a mastermind I do a mastermind and I think in the value of community that you have to immerse yourself into conversations where this is celebrated because out there don't expect everyone around you to catch up that's why I call my clients pioneers that's why you know we're creating these communities it's not and nice to have, for me, it's an essential. You have to be in rooms, having conversations with people that are seeing or lifting the lid off the exact same thing you are. Otherwise, it's very lonely, very challenging. Yeah. And I think about the holiday season now and how many people would be like, you only work 15 hours a week. You know, like, forget. And one of the things we spoke about in the mastermind a lot was like, why comment on the time like what are the results what are you creating are you creating a business that you love are you creating a better connection with your partner are you creating you know new ideas and exactly like what you've done in your new program like and a book like are you like isn't that amazing who the fuck cares if it's 15 hours like why is that what we focus on why is that what we're measuring only because it's the only unit of measurement that factory owners could use back in back in the day they're like how do we pay people by hour and here we are over 100 years later like how do we think about work by hour like that model is so done yeah well and I love that you said that this work is so much easier done in community Mm. because what we're both doing is unwinding cultural norms and, Mm -hmm. and business paradigms And we are changing culture and it is very hard to do when all you're doing all day long is talking to people and hearing people who are immersed in that culture. 
And it is so incredibly valuable to be in, even if it's an hour a week, but to be in community, having these conversations, challenging these old ways of being and these old beliefs and paradigms and the way that the world works. It is so, it, it, I, don't, I can't even put a word on it. I'm like, no. It's just so much more powerful to be yeah. in, doing this work with people who are also doing it instead of trying to do it out there by yourself. It is mm -hmm. damn near, it's I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it is really, really hard. But we're taught that it's more, 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 hmm, what's the word? Better. Maybe you can think of the word, but it's better to do it by yourself. And why oh, are we right. taught it's better to do it by yourself? Because we know that it's not going to be as easeful, as pleasurable, as successful. I honestly think yeah. that. I think it's like struggle alone, hide your secrets, shut the doors. You know, if you want to change, do it in private because it's so much more challenging because you come up with, you know, your own brain and your own thoughts of, is it just me? Is there something wrong with me? Why can't I just, just be like everyone else? Even why can't I just accept this like everyone else? Um, yeah. and, well, it, and I think it's the same story with, you know, rugged individualism. Mm. Like even the word rugged is rough, mm. hard, jagged, right? It's like, you're supposed to do it by yourself and you're supposed to harden the fuck up and pull your boots, you know, your lace boots up by your, whatever, shoestrings, <laughs> lace, laces, yeah. whatever the thing is. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but that's, a, that's an element of that. Like if you're a good person, you'll do it and you'll work hard and you'll do it by yourself and you'll never let anybody know that you're struggling. And that's the narrative for women too. just do it and do it by yourself and shut up, put on a happy face, let everybody think that it's easy and you just yeah. struggle in your little silo and yeah look happy doing it. And I think us doing this work with specifically to time, specifically for women and specifically in entrepreneurship and business, this is literally culture changing work. Yes. And we are creating a new culture. We are creating a new business paradigm. We are creating a new time paradigm and a new way for people to work. Yes. that works for them, that works yes. for their bodies, that works for their family, that works for their needs, yes. and that fills them with the fuel and the motivation and the desire to do the work that really matters in the world. Yes, and here's the, the most amazing part of all that. We are taught to think that all these things compete and what I saw in my own experience and what I saw with each of you in the mastermind is, no, no, no. When you are acting in a way that serves you and your life, then your business thrives and succeeds more because it's exactly like you said, you're not sitting down thinking about, you know, what you don't have or feeling resentment towards your business or thinking about what's, you know, trying to push yourself into a box when you feel like you're a circle and you know push, push yourself into a square and you feel like you're a circle you're not contending with all of that bullshit so you really just get to show up with such a level of presence and that presence because you've eliminated all the bullshit and all the shoulds and all the not being yourself and all the listening to everyone else and all the whatever when you show up with that presence that that presence that presence that's when you create fire content in 20 minutes instead of two hours yep a hundred fucking percent. Yeah.
so good. And I think it, it's the same, it's the same pr- general premise of like, fill your own cup so that you have more to overflow instead of let me keep filling it a little bit and draining it and draining it and draining it and draining it and then wonder why I'm so exhausted and burned out. Mm. And it's so funny because I think that's spoken about a lot, like fill your cup, put on your mask first. And it's like, you get it in theory, but I'm just going to tell you, even me who's gone through this, who does this work and whatever, when I got on, I'm in France right now, when I got on the plane with my baby, I'm like, yeah, but I've probably put his mask on first. (laughs) <laughs> and I have to talk myself out of it and be like, why? Why? Like, why? It's literally not helpful for him. Um, but the thought still comes up. And I'm sharing that because I don't want anyone listening to get this like perfectionist fantasy of like, oh my God, I'm gonna like, you know, join the bad bitch mastermind and, and blow up my business and then 15 hour work week and work 15 hours, and then I'm never gonna have these patriarchal thoughts and this programming. And it's like, no, no, no. It's still gonna come up. And you still might even fall for it a few times, but you are just not going to be guided by it and be blind to it. And, and you are going to have the tools and the resources to um, to pause and to just check in. And hopefully, you know, the community is to get the coaching and the learning and the understanding and just like always coming back to your relationship to you, um, which means not beating yourself up if you accidentally do do the thing that you say you don't want to do anymore. Yeah. 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 So yeah, please take that away. (laughs) (laughs) That, that doesn't mean that suddenly you're going to have a perfect brain and you will exit the matrix. (laughs) Life still happens in the matrix. And now, now you just see it and you get to respond the way that you want to respond and question. Is it, is it really a spoon? (laughs) (laughs) or is there no spoon (laughs) right oh my gosh so good Uh, sorry for your uh 25 year old matrix jokes (laughs) no no no, I love it we've been speaking about the matrix so much it's so funny um so yeah what is there anything else that you think um we should be talking about sharing about here I'm curious about the way that you manage time with your business and having a new baby. Like you just tell us a little bit about what that experience was like and how you manage it. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of my listeners, a lot of my clients are moms and they're running businesses too. And they feel very like overwhelmed by, by the amount of time that their family needs and the amount of time they think their business needs. And yeah. How do you how do you manage that yeah. in like just a couple of minutes? Very messily, very badly, <laughs> and very with with a lot of compassion for myself. I had thought that I would take seven months off and then come back and be like, boom, ready to launch. And then I launched and was like, oh no, I'm not available for this. <laughs> Woo, what am I doing? Um, but I didn't know that and what happened, it like kind of manifested in a lot of um negative spiral thinking and just like going to a really bad place before my mum was like do you think that you you know maybe want to get some help and I was like oh okay something's going on here that I'm not do because I wasn't present I wasn't dealing with what was going on because I accidentally stepped back into I said I would launch I've taken seven months off I should be able to do this. I know people that do this at three months, all of that right. shit. I've um, got to get back to work. <laughs> I've got to get back to work. I said I yeah. would. 
I said I would. Um, so all the stuff that I help other people on, it's, it's been a phenomenal opportunity for me to learn more. So I would honestly say a lot of compassion. I'm super fortunate that I don't attach time. So I don't think, you know, my business and my personal life compete. My and We've spoken about this a bit earlier in the podcast, but one of the big themes for me is like they complement each other. How? How do they complement each other? Because I see that it's not like, oh, my God, my work is taking away from my baby or my baby is taking away from my work. It's really like they're working together. Um, one of the things we spoke about in the mastermind is like nothing has to get done. Nothing is necessary. You literally I mean, even so you and I are both launching right now. And it's like um, if if I'm launching right now and technology fails and emails don't get sent and my email list gets deleted and my social media gets deleted, which actually has happened during a launch before. It's just like not a problem, <laughs> but it's just like, <laughs> you're like, are you sure, Vicky? <laughs> like I'm going to have a heart attack. If you're saying that. <laughs> it's just not a problem. I will figure it out. I will probably get on yeah. a recorded podcast series and be like, Hey, and then just blast it out wherever I can um, and, and make something amazing out of it because it's never what you are doing. Um, and for me, like I said, really living into it's who I'm being. How is me leaning back and allowing myself to be present with my current experience, the best gift that I can give my business instead of Ooh. instead of it's taking from my business? And that's the issue I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs, and I have been thinking about building a course on this because I do think it has been such a profound learning experience. And there's a lot of, I mean, we could have a whole, our conversation around just this but yeah. if I was just up and to, I would say I mean you've got a puppy it's not dissimilar I'm just gonna say yeah. people might be like that's very dissimilar like it's super hard there are a lot of it's work so hard. Consuming, and they're not going on your schedule and it's what we coached on at the time it's compassion and space and detaching from the should and the need to and said I would today yeah yeah and I I just love that you've ask yourself the question, like, how is what I'm experiencing for me and for my business instead of, oh my God, this is such a big problem. Mm -hmm. Because when we think in that frame of mind, our stress levels go way up. We feel super anxious. We stop breathing, which means that we don't have access to creative mental mm -hmm. thinking. And now we're just like freaking out and responding Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not always the most useful way to go about your business. <laughs> yes. I dare say most of the time it is not. Yes. And I don't know if you, I, I did share this with you in the mastermind, but when I, I was pregnant and I got told to stop working for a few months and to basically be on bed rest. And um, at the time I was in negative for the year because of business investments I'd made. And my husband is a full-time student. And so we're 100% dependent on my income. And I, I wanted a long map leave. And I had to face the reality that, okay, what if we just do this and are just comfortable sitting in the red um, in our personal funds, in my business fund, whatever. Um, I had some money. But anyway, I had to get there. This is like basically a year ago when this happened, when I was like, oh, and I remembered, and it's the very first thing that I taught in the mastermind, I remembered that the money doesn't create my safety and it required me to create such a level of safety and trust with myself that I then oversold the mastermind working 10 minutes a day from Chamonix on vacation, writing one email 
in a week, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and that would have like been fine. $250,000 in like a yeah. week. I remember yeah. I was like, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. but I would have been fine if I wouldn't. And, and I'm sharing that because I think sometimes we think, oh, I will create the time once I've made the money. And it's like, mm-hmm. what if giving things too much time is the reason you're not making the money? Like, mm-hmm. what if the actual answer is to stop giving things time and letting them take long and outsourcing safety to time, which a lot of us do. We say, I'm going to sleep on the decision. I'm going to just think about it as though that space and that time creates a safety instead of, Mm -hmm. and I was really put in the fryer with that. I was really, really in the hot water, deep end, whatever you want to call it. And it just, I just remember reaching a level of calm that would not, I didn't, I didn't have any other option. I couldn't outsource it to money. I couldn't outsource it to time. Things were happening in very real pace. Um, and that's now what it's all about. That's what we want to get to. And we take away extra time. And we take away prolonged deadlines. And we take away giving things space, which like feels ah oh, like it's really good. And we start being like, no, I don't need to give myself space. I need to give myself trust. Yeah. I love that because I think a lot of us think that you know, more time creates safety, more money creates safety. And and yes, like in the physical world, that might be true, but in the psychological world, in your yes. brain, that does not actually track. That's your thoughts. Like you have to create your own psychological safety within, with what you tell yourself about your experience. And when you do that, you create so much more power to yeah. manage what is happening. Yes, yeah, I love like, that you made that differentiation. Stop, stop being like, a, you know, like people, I hate using this word, but like you feel less like a victim to the world. Mm. Like, wait a minute, but what power do I have? What mm. what ability do I have to affect change? Once I am, have mastered my response in, in the most loving, compassionate way, then it's like you have power again. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do love that you made that differentiation between the physical world because... I think that's important. So thank you for that. But yeah, yeah. it's a, a wild ride, this life. And I just think, <laughs> I don't know about you, but for me, it's like being willing to question everything. It, it sounds terrifying because there's so much uncertainty and unknown. But the truth is not questioning it doesn't make it certain and known. So you know, how do you take care of yourself in the face of the uncertainty and unknown when you're pretending that it's not there? Well, you shrink, you hide, you play small, you let things take longer than they need to versus when you acknowledge that it's there, then you can come to really create safety and take care of yourself. A hundred percent. Oh, this has been such a powerful conversation, y'all. This is so good. You might need to listen to this like several times. (laughs) I'm going to listen to this one. I again. know. I'm like, I need to hear this again. I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much just for being here with me today and hanging out. I just love being in your energy and your beauty and your wisdom. Same to you. I love riffing with you. And this has been so fun. And if anyone is listening and you are a business owner and you want a badass feminist business coach, uh, you tell them where to find you and a little bit about how they can work with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm over at melaniechilders.com forward slash mastermind for all the things bad bitch mastermind. And I've got a couple of awesome 
free things like consensual selling, how to sell ethically, how oh. to run your business in a way that feels really good, run your sales conversations that feel really good. And yeah. what about you, Vicki? Tell us about you and where we can find you. Okay, but can we just speak about consensual selling for a minute? How is good it, is that? Fucking genius. Oh. I love it. So good. It's like oh, exactly what you're saying about changing the culture around how we do things. That's yeah. exactly and it. it. Just takes all the stress out of it. Oh my God, yes. I think no one no one wants to show up to a sales conversation feeling like they're forcing someone into something and that's why we won't right. show up for them. So when you know how to create a consensual conversation, I think it's everything. It is life. Life. Um, yep, I have rebranded my podcast as the Feminist Time, um, Feminist Time Productivity and Rest Podcast. So that's yes. where you can find me. And... Um, the 15-hour workweek mastermind is just vickilouise.com forward slash 15 or connect with me on Instagram, Feminist Time Coach. All right, loves. So enjoy this episode. And why not, if you take something you really value from it, share it on socials, tag us, find us, connect with us. And we'll see you soon. Hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated supported and coached of course you are a time hacker this is where you belong head to vickilouise.com forward slash group i can't wait to see you there